Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. We're in Luke 1, 26 through 37. Luke 1, 26 through 27. Let's uh, prepare our hearts and hear the word. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, that will, the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you are so, so, so good. God, we thank you for your plans. God, I thank you for your plans for us. Uh, God, that you included us in your story. And so, Jesus, we love you. We worship you. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, amen, amen. Well, <clears throat> there's a few things that I want us to notice real quick. We're, we're going to jump back. We're going to come back to that passage of Scripture at the end. But I just love that story. I love that story because it's the story of power being turned on its head. It's the story of power being turned on its head. Uh, I believe that the gospel at its core is God reorienting the way that we look at the world. Um, You'll see that there's a woman in there who was barren, right? A barren woman in society, she was mocked. She had lost favor with the people, but God restored to her status. That's what God does. God restores value and honor to people. And uh, this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about how we view that as the world, and we're going to talk a little bit about how God views that. Y'all with me on that? Can we do that? You with me? Okay, sweet. Uh, But before we do that, I've got something adorable to show you. That's me on the pony. Probably circa 1991, I would say. Uh, you'll notice my frock, my outfit. Uh, I had the, what do they call those, the saddle shoes? You had to have the saddle shoes in 1991. Uh, I had some form of bloomer that my mom was calling pants and uh, some frilly sailor outfit. Uh, and I came home, my Uncle Tom, he, he's actually, a, he, he's a pastor and uh, he was around, really encouraging guy. And he said, why are you wearing sissy clothes, man? Talking to my, my mom, he said, sister, why you got him wearing sissy clothes? You need to get him in some dude clothes, you know? 
And so after that, uh, my new favorite thing to say when I was getting dressed is, I not wear that. That's sissy clothes. Anything I didn't want to wear, I'd say, I not wear that. That's sissy clothes. And so, uh, you know, I think all of us have, have shown up somewhere in life wearing the wrong thing. Has anybody ever done that? Uh, <laughs> Pastor Rick twice has done this to me. Uh, the first time we had our leadership and faith lunch, and he texted all the other pastors down here and said, hey, dress nice, you know, wear a suit, look good. So all the pastors from around Little Rock show up, and they're wearing like three-piece suits, okay? I showed up wearing blue jeans and boots and a t-shirt, and I'm the campus pastor here. Like, I'm, I'm the one hosting. I'm like, thanks a lot, Rick. Thanks for the heads up, bro. That's, that's nice. Text everybody but me. And then uh, <laughs> about six months or so ago, Wherever Fitz is, we had, we had a leadership with some business guys. We had a meeting with some business guys. Do you remember this? And, and Rick texted everybody and said, hey, dress casual. So they all show up in T-shirts, and I'm like, I, I'm not going to let what happened to me happen to me again next time. I wore a suit. I look good. Everybody else wearing T-shirts, casual, whatever. Uh, end up wearing the wrong thing. Y'all, I believe that going into the Christmas season, we can wear the wrong thing, and miss what God has for us. I'm not talking about clothing. I'm talking about countenance. I'm not talking about clothing. I'm talking about countenance. And we're going to talk about four different characters and what they had on and some who got it and some who missed it. Y'all, we can miss a lot of things in life and be okay. But I believe that if we don't catch the primary message of Christmas It has deep and drastic repercussions. Look at this, Luke 2, verse 7. It says, And she gave birth to her first son, her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in clothes. She placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Y'all, on the first Christmas, a lot of people missed Christ. Can you imagine, like, looking back at life and being like, wait a second. (laughs) Like, I didn't let... Jesus into my home when he was being born? Can you imagine not showing hospitality to God incarnate the moment that he's born? They missed it. Why did they miss it? Y'all, we miss a lot of things for a lot of different reasons, but here's why I think they missed it. Jesus didn't come the way humans think a king should come. Jesus didn't come the way humans think a king should come. He wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a barn, okay? He, he was with the animals. You know, we see these kind of beautiful manger nativities, and you're like, it's not that beautiful. There's hay. It's beautiful compared to what he was born in. He was most likely born in a hole in the ground with animals. He wasn't born into the dominant people group of the day. He was born to tradespeople in Nazareth. Okay, I'm going to put this in our context, all right? He wasn't born in New York City, he was born in Arkansas. Amen? Come on. Praise God. Good things come from unexpected places. Amen? I like the way one pastor put it. He said, over and over again, God says, I will choose Nazareth, not Jerusalem. See, Jerusalem was the place of power for Jewish people. He says, I'll choose the girl nobody wants. I'll choose the boy everyone has forgotten. Y'all, God almost always chooses humble things and humble people, and it often shames the people who think they're wise and have it all together. You know, I was talking to a friend of ours during quarantine. We we were doing some Instagram lives, and I'll never forget this. He said, if Jesus came today, my fear is that we'd step over him on the street. 
My fear is that he wouldn't look like what we think he should look like and we wouldn't pay him any mind. Y'all, I think that's true because we did it as a human race when he came the first time. Amen? And so I think we've got to look and say, God, what is your perspective on people? What is your perspective on life? If you read through the beginning of Luke, which I encourage you to, can I give you a challenge this week? You and your families, especially if you've, you've got kids who are getting a little bit older, read through Luke chapter 1 through Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 1 through Luke chapter 3. Uh, we've got uh, four days till Christmas. Isn't that crazy? Four days till Christmas. Take some time with your family uh, in the morning. We're going to try it with Georgia, uh, and she's going to learn a lot. I'm confident at one and a half she's really going to take this in. But what does the scripture say? It says, tell the story of God to your children so that when they grow older, they won't depart from it. They'll know the story. And so I want to put that challenge out there for you guys this week. But think about it. In our minds, there should have been more people around the manger. There should have been more fanfare, but God came humbly. Okay, as we prepare for Christmas this week, let's look at some central characters in the Christmas story. First character is Herod. We're going to talk about what they had on. We're going to talk about what they were wearing, okay? Their frock, if you will. Is that the right word? It's the best word. This is my frock. <laughs> Look it up. Somebody Google it. You can yell it out, interrupt me. Uh, Callie's got it. Uh, King Herod wore pride. King Herod wore pride. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to read a chunk of scripture here. We're going to read, read a lot of scripture this morning. Is that okay? Can you all do that with me? <laughs> it was the right word earlier, not now. Put back up my, uh, put back up my pony outfit. <laughs> that was a frock. Mom had me in a girl's dress. Okay. That's awesome. Should have just used it once, though. It didn't work the rest of the times. Okay. Uh, Matthew chapter 2. Go with me to Matthew chapter 2. Uh, verse 1. I'm going to read it to you. It's going to be on the screens. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Okay. Y'all, listen, when people are, are reading this in the first century, there's so much packed in here that, that we miss. So he was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. Okay, uh, the gospel writers often remind us who was in power at this time. Y'all, it's not accidental. They're not just recounting history. They're explaining something. They're explaining that King Herod was king. He was king over the region. It says, about that time, wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. They were asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? What happens when you go to a king and say, where's the king? How's he going to respond to that? We're going to read and we're going to find out. It says, we saw his star as it rose and we've come to worship him. Now, something that you got to know. A lot of times when we think about the wise men, we think about three wise men, right? Right, that's the story, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yo, it, it would have been a convoy of people. This wasn't just a couple of random dudes scraggling in, you know, from the desert, the desert, that is. Um, uh, th this would have been a convoy of people. This would have been people of influence who were coming in and who were saying, who, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this. Why? Because people, when they have power, their greatest fear is losing that power. 
as was everyone in Jerusalem. Again, remember, this is a large group of people. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time the star first appeared. Jump into verse 9. It says, After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. Verse 16. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. They didn't go back to Herod. They went a different way. And he sent soldiers to kill. Listen to this. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. Can you imagine? Imagine the fear. Imagine the pain. Based on the wise men's reports of the star's first appearance, Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. It says, A cry was heard in Ramah, Weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for their dead. Look at this quote. One of my favorite authors and pastors, a guy named Tim Keller, he said this. He said, where's the true king? That question is the most disturbing question possible to a human heart, since we want at all costs to remain on the thrones of our lives. I'm going to read that one more time. Where is the true king? Think about this in your life. That question is the most disturbing question possible to a human heart since we want at all costs to remain on the throne of our own lives. Think about this, y'all. The death, the destruction, the pain that Herod brought. Why? I believe it was because of his insecurity. Now, you'll say, Bronson, you said the point was pride. I believe at the root of insecurity is pride. At the root of insecurity is us wanting to cover ourselves, us wanting to protect ourselves, and to find some sense of value and covering within ourselves. Notice, Herod didn't bring it to the Lord, right? That's obvious. But I believe that he had some level of conviction. You with me? Anytime you realize that you, in fact, are not in control, and your response is to take control, I believe that God has given you an opportunity. It's called conviction. And you've realized, man, I've got to change something here. But I believe the conviction turned quickly, probably immediately into this thought. I am already king. I don't have room for another. I'm already king. There's no room for another king in my life, y'all. We are the same way. We don't mind Jesus to be in the vicinity as long as he's not the ruler. He can lead me, he can advise me, but he can't rule me. Yo, I believe that this is one of the most undermining factors in our faith. Have you ever had a moment where you feel like God was leading you to do something and you were like, God, that's a good idea. Sounds wise, that's good advice. I'll think about it. One, one of Callie and I's favorite quotes is that the gospel at its core is not good advice, it's good news. It's not good advice. Jesus is not some other guru who's come around to advise you and seven paths to a better you, you know. That's not the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel is that Jesus has come as king. And what do kings do? Kings have to rule. I'm king, so he can't be my lord and king. Y'all, my pastor always tells single people. Sorry, I got a little catch in my throat. <clears throat> okay, I think we're good. Just got to call it out sometimes. You know, I was wrestling with it for about five minutes, but 
Hmm. Okay. My pastor always tells single people, he says, you can't have a healthy love with somebody else because you already have it. You're in love with yourself. Yo, I believe that one of the things that keeps us from walking with God in a strong way is that we want to be the ruler of our lives. Yo, let me tell you this. If you let go of your life, this is the, the gospel message. If you let go of your life and you trust God, you'll find it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. And I'm telling you, if you want to have fullness in your life, if you want to have health in your life, you think you're going to have it by keeping control like Herod did. But look what happened. Death, destruction. Fitz and I had lunch this week. Fitz, what do you say is destroying our communities? You can yell it out. What do you say is the number one thing destroying our communities, but nobody wants to call it that? Violence and sin, which leads to violence. You know, Fitz is, he's going to be talking more and more about this in, in 2021. But, y'all, if you look at the core issues in our world, it's all sin-related. Y'all, kids who don't have dads around, why? It's sin. People who are killing each other, it's sin. People who have so much resource but don't share it, it's sin. Y'all, I want to submit to you that we as a culture, we want justice, we want peace. But we as a world do not want the king who brings it. Why? Because we have to release control and we have to do things his way. And y'all, that is the best news. I know sometimes this can feel heavy because it is an absolute affront on the way that we think. But the best news is that if we let God be our king, Peace, truth, justice, grace will reign in our lives. Y'all, why can't we be those people? What if we were those people? We the church. I believe that's who God has called us to be, and we've got to make sure pride doesn't keep us from it. So, application. This holiday season, where could your pride come in and cause you to miss the spirit of Christmas? What is the spirit of Christmas? It's not some, like, snow globe, all right? (laughs) I'm pretty sure one of the Christmas movies says, you know, it's the spirit of Christmas. It's in this snow globe. I watch too many of these Hallmark movies with Callie. They're terrible. I love my wife. Mm. I'll keep watching them. Oh, y'all, the spirit of Christmas comes in the Christ. What does the Christ bring with him? He brings peace. He brings hope. He brings love. Y'all, how could pride cause you to miss that? Think about that in your own life. Number two, the religious leaders, they wore arrogance. It caused them to miss Jesus. How do we know this? King Herod asked the religious leader, where's the Messiah going to be born? Y'all, they knew what the Bible said, but yet they weren't there. The wise men were there. The wise men were watching for signs, but the religious leaders, they weren't there to welcome in their king. How did they know where he was and not make the trip? Y'all, I believe that the biggest issue in first century Judaism, the nation of Israel, the people of God, was that the religious leaders had made the religion all about them. The religious leaders had made everything about their power and their wealth. And y'all, we see that in our world, right? And the end of that is going to be destruction. Why? Because you can't build God's kingdom on arrogance. But this 
is exactly what they had done. Y'all, how does this apply to us? Y'all, I believe that often we know where God is, but we don't want to go there. Jesus says, whatever you've done for the who? The least of these brothers, you've done it for me. I was so bummed. You'll notice my voice is a little off. I've had a cold, no COVID, no COVID. Praise God. I know some of y'all are sitting there thinking, I don't trust you, Phyllis. <laughs> That's an office reference, sorry. I haven't made one of those in a while. Mm. <clears throat> I don't trust you, Phyllis. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Christmas Mall. I was so bombed I couldn't be there. Sarah, y'all, come on, put your hands together for a servant, Sarah. Heather, wherever she's at, Fitz, and so many other people. I know McCaskills were there. Lots of people were there. Yo, Jesus says, if you want to be near me, be near those people who are hurting. Now, here's the truth. Not only, not only the people who are struggling economically are hurting. There are people who are hurting emotionally. And God calls us to take risks, to put ourselves out there, to love people. This is what God does. God loves people who are hurting. He's called us to do the same thing. But sometimes we don't want to go there, right? could be at the church. Just like the Jewish people, they didn't want to make the trip. They weren't sure. Sometimes we don't want to make the trip. It could be on our knees. It's not far. Sometimes we don't want to make the humble trip, right? Jesus said, John chapter 5, verse 39, he says, You know the scriptures, but you don't have life because you don't come to me. Yo, let's not wear arrogance this Christmas. Let's not assume we know people's stories before we've heard it, amen? Okay, number three, Joseph. Joseph wore obedience. Uh, for sake of time, I'm not gonna read through this whole thing, but if you know the story, <clears throat> so, so Joseph actually has no speaking parts in the play. He's basically a tree, okay? I'm just kidding. <laughs> he had no speaking parts in the narrative. But we see his actions. But we see his actions. Look what it says. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged this Mary, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her. So he decided to break the commandment quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she'll have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. Look at this. Look what Joseph did. He heard the Lord. He says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. You know, there's not one recorded spoken word from Joseph. However, according to the Bible, we know that he was fully devoted to the Lord. He was righteous. He was willing. He was kind. He could have divorced her, but he obeyed God, y'all. For so many of you guys, I can know that you love God before you speak a word. Why? Because you obey God. You obey the commands. You love the people around you. You're kind. You're people of peace. The way you obey God, help us serve the lost, the poor, the hurting. The way you love the word in his church. Yo, he, never served, served, he never said a word, but we know. Y'all, can people see your unmovable, unmovable faith before you say a word? You know, we've said this a few times around this church, but your life may well be the only gospel that anybody ever hears, that anybody ever reads. 
Can people see your obedience? James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Number four, this is the last point. Caleb, you can come up wherever you are and make things. Amen. Spiritual. Mary wore humility. Mary wore humility. Question, why did God choose Mary? You ever thought about that? Why did God choose Mary? It's not because of her education. She didn't have one. It's not because of her wealth. She was poor. It's not because of her life experience. She was 13 years old, right? I don't know. How many of you guys are going to trust a 13-year-old with the Savior of the world, right? Then why? Because she was humble. Y'all, we don't know much about Mary's life from this moment, but her response tells us everything we need to know. Going back to that first scripture, as you go through, she trusted God, she obeyed him, and then she began to praise him. This week, as you read uh, Luke 1, 46 through uh, 55, is a song of praise from Mary. It says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant, this lowly servant girl, And from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things to me. Y'all, think about this. I want to leave you with this last thought. Being a Jesus follower requires courage. Requires courage. This 13-year-old virgin girl in a religious society was told that she was pregnant before she was married. The scorn, the way that people had to look at her. But what did she do? She obeyed. She trusted God. And she had courage. Y'all listen to me. For you to walk in these things we're talking about, to walk in humility, to walk in peace, it's gonna require you to have courage. Some of you guys, There are relationships in the season. Here's here's how we're going to bring this home. There is nothing more valuable to God than human relationships. He connects with us, and he teaches us to heal the relationships around us. Some of you guys, you're going into this season. There's broken relationships in your life. My question to you is, are you willing to be humble? Are you willing to lay your life down? Are you willing to do the things that God's asking you to do, to wear the humility, to wear the grace, to wear the peace. You know, normally at candlelight, one of the things that I notice is that the women often wear uncomfortable shoes. Something about men is we will not wear uncomfortable shoes. (laughs) It will not happen. Not going to happen. If it's not comfortable, we won't wear it. But ladies, come on, if it looks good, you're going to suffer through it. you got Band-Aids on your toes. Nobody can see them. But you're killing those, those, those pumps, you know, or whatever. You know, listen, some of you guys are wearing things in your life, and it's hurting you, and it's time to let them down. It's time to take those things off. It could be pride. It could be arrogance. It could just be hurt and pain and unforgiveness. Y'all, the spirit of this season is that God sent Jesus to redeem, to fulfill, and to heal all things. We're seeing his life 
come into our world and, and to heal. And so what does that look like for you this year? What does it look like for you to go into this week? And not just this week, but 2021, it's coming. Hopefully it's good. <laughs> but here's what we know. As we walk with God, the best is always in front of us. Doesn't mean that circumstantially it's always best, but it means that he is breaking more and more and more into this world as we carry his grace, his hope, his peace, and his gospel, his good news forward. Amen. Leave you with this last verse. It says this, 1 Peter 5.5, 5, it says, and above all, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you turn things upside down. God, we thank you that you don't value and put top priority on the things that the world does. But God, that you value things like humility and meekness. And God, I just pray, anybody in here, who going into this season, just pride has been robbing them. If that's you, you just need prayer. It's just me, you, and God. Just slip your hand up real quick. I wanna pray for you. Pride's been getting you in your life. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. That's been a big one for me this year. Anybody else? Let me pray for you. God, I pray that you would remove just that garment of pride and God, you'd put on a cloak of humility for these people. God, as they choose to run after you and to choose your ways. God, I pray that you'd humble us. God, you'd remind us that you are the only one who's good. And you share that goodness with us. In Jesus' name. Y'all, if there's any of you guys, you're just going into the season and you got a lot of fear around maybe some relational things that are happening. And you just need peace from God. I just want you to slip your hand up real quick. I see you. 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 Come on, you just need the peace of God to come in. I see you. Maybe in your families, maybe in your friendships, maybe right here in this church. I see you. God, we pray that your peace would flood in. God, I pray for healing relationally in this season. God, I pray for hard conversations that end with a lot of grace, a lot of love. God, I pray for your spirit to just lead us and guide us. Right now, all of us, God, in this room, we just yield to you. We yield to your spirit. Last group of people I wanna pray for, if you're just far from God, you know, maybe at one point in your life you were close to him, but maybe just this year, maybe some choices you've made have caused you to wear shame and guilt, and fear, and you wanna let those things down. You wanna get close to God. I just want you to slip your hand up real quick. I wanna pray for you, I see you. Anybody else? I see you in the back. Anybody else? Don't hesitate, I see you down here. Hey, here's the good news, is that when we turn back towards God, he comes running back towards us. He doesn't come reminding us of our mistakes or beating us over our head, but he says, son, daughter, I'm glad you're coming back home. So let me pray over you. God, I pray for those people who are just running back towards you. God, I pray that this week as they get in your word, God, they get in your face. God, you'd cover them in your grace. God, I just pray against the enemy who wants to bring in guilt and shame. God, we know that that's not from you. Conviction is that helps us get better, but condemnation, that's from the devil. We just lay that down. Jesus, we love you and we trust you. So then we pray and all God's people said, when all God's people said, amen. 
Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.